0: (laughs) we made it it's mercury retrograde venus retrograde we're still here
1: still here it's still living life to the fullest like we do
0: still thinking about the cosmos and uh today we have a special episode for you we're gonna talk about one of our favorite subjects and what would that be solar mysticism
1: the underworld no i'm just kidding it's just a a topic of discussion on the the occult the occult and before we get started if you're still unsure if you think astrology is real we might not be the podcast for you uh if you aren't uh settled in your ways and your beliefs about things of life this may not be for you either
0: but you should still listen and see if what we say makes any sense at all Um, I think what we're doing with astrology is very different we don't take ourselves too seriously when it comes to um, you know calling ourselves astrologers personally I'd like to say that I'm a uh, student of the occult and a practitioner of the occult and I believe in the occult So with that, let's talk about the occult.
1: Yeah, so when I think of the occult, I guess it's, um, there's abstract teachings that are what they say are hidden. Um, And I think it's a term that's changing. I really don't like the word as far as what it means and the vibration i think it gives off but i think what's more important is that it is um, something that goes beyond our ordinary scope or lens slash perception of reality
0: yeah i think uh, we're in a time where people are starting to you know more than ever Indulge in things that they might not have indulged in before or try new things. And I think um, from what I've seen, the interest in the occult, in occult wisdom, and even occult healing, I'll go crazy and say that. Because I think the occult has shown a lot of people their own potential to heal themselves through ritual through observation of lunations, through and, nature.
1: And this will be a brief moment, though, to dispel the the bad rumors that go around that occult automatically means like evil, or that there's like uh, black magic happening. This is not the full scope of what the occult is. Yes, there is obviously there's ways of using things towards bad intentions that's like anything in this life but i want to dispel this bad rumor that's gone on for a really long time that okol automatically means bad or or black magic or uh bad witchcraft there's or also-
0: manipulation right because people think that when you're doing astrology Um, You know, not that it hasn't happened, and these are real concerns, but that is not what we're doing or teaching or advocating. We are advocating for the use of occult knowledge to empower, enlighten, and grow as a human. And if we do this together in this way, I think we can all see the positive nature of it yes there are bad things but that's like anything it's like there's food and then there's fast food like which one's real you decide right which one's the one that you want to take in and consume that is part of the planet's polarities right?
1: one thing the occult does at least i think for westerners is it deprograms the westerner from uh this idea that um duality is the problem it's merely all somehow coexisting as one one cannot exist without the other what am i talking about light dark positive negative uh you know sun moon you know there's all these things that work in polarity it's the nature of this universe um now that doesn't justify dibbling in realms of black magic, you know, and we're we're far from we're on the opposite spectrum, you know, we're we're people here that seek to um only produce good karmas, how I'll put it. Um but what what's I'm just want to ask you why did you get into the occult?
0: Ooh, I'm being put on the spot. Well um I got into the occult because I was a curious person and I was reading a lot and people always talk about magic and I wanted to know if it was real uh, because I spent a lot of time in nature growing up and feeling like there was something more to life than just this completely visceral set in stone kind of nature Um, You know, I grew up in a place where um, in my family we used candles and we used different herbs and uh, we were taught to take certain teas or, you know, take a bath uh, every night for however many days. So it was normal for me and it never felt like it was doing something until I really paid attention to it and I realized oh it's a ritual when I learned the word ritual and I learned the word magic it just kind of felt like this is part of my nature this is also maybe because I'm Native American and that is the nature of how uh, the Native American shamans work they work with herbs they work with nature they work with the magic and the inherent unexplainable And they realize and accept that there is one creator. This is the one thing that I found through my own exploration. And once I started doing magic, like uh, Western-style magic, uh, certain rituals, observing the lunations, paying attention to the path of the sun, paying attention to certain things about myself. When I started to learn astrology, I saw that every time I performed a ritual, like let's say the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the pentagram, I felt totally cleansed. And then I read that one of the, let's say, side effects or effects of this practice is if you do it before bed, you'll have great sleep. So I experimented with that, and it worked. So I thought, well, why is this wrong? Why are people saying that practicing you know ritual magic is wrong why is it wrong to uh draw a pentagram in the air when it's the five points of nature that we need the elements and spirit so i wanted to answer those questions with my own experimentation and i stuck to the path of light the right-handed path and i still found that when i wasn't practicing rituals or observing the moon i felt lost so for me, it felt very natural. Um, what about you?
1: Um, well, in you know, I naturally feel the same way. I've always just been kind of a curious person. Um, but if I had to really give you the truest answer was it's simply that I have never felt like I could be stopped. I've never felt um, and what I don't mean like a macho man. Thing either i i simply mean that like i have genuinely sought to understand everything i possibly could and anything that would hinder me or self uh limit me obviously i discard these things uh and you know obviously it seems like common logic that man would do that but when you he, he start to grew up in this world and you see where the world's at it's like that's not what happens we we've lost common sense in so a you lot found of areas it empowering uh, well yeah um i think well that's what i get out of it yes um i wouldn't say it's always been empowering you know because the thing and this is a big theme for what this episode's about is simply that there's many languages to this stuff right and it, it's kind of when you and when we talk to other occultists or when we talk to artists every artist looks at something completely different Um uh, it's it's like looking at the sun and everyone se- says it's something different like i'm saying hey that's a uh just a light bulb in there and other guys like no that's a solar powered natural uh being someone thinks it's a disk someone's a star but in my point being simply that you can work with whatever you seem to, the universe kind of only promotes what you seem to be fully backing yourself, if that makes sense. Which is yeah, what like faith your is. Yeah, will. like your will. Yes, and will. So, and this is all very simple, yet it can get very complex, right? Uh, and <laughs> as an occultist, you know, whatever I say about it is only a half truth you know anything i say may not be of relating to what you think it is right so there's there's a complexity to what attracts people to it but i center all this around the idea that all these different ways of perceiving life all these different lens lenses to perceive life which is kind of what occult ends up doing to to at least it did for me was it gave me opening perception right and but all paths lead to the same god
0: right it's like all religions believe most religions not all most religions believe in one creator deity and from that creator there are other avatars or uh, gods or you know devas or rakshasas right they're all just you know uh like the archangels and the angels are communicators between the human realm and god right so there's like god and then there's like the messengers and then there's like somewhere way below is humans so we're in a visceral experience but i think you know what what you're getting at with what you were saying is that you wanted an experience of your own will and your own power and through connecting with your will and your power you connect to God
1: yes and well this is one thing too with astrology that creates a bit of a conundrum I, I think but it can be enlightening it's simply that and here we go referencing back to Terence McKenna um he said once you know uh the, the cha- someone might look towards the channeling of art- archangels and that's the answer for them another mer- person's channeling something about atlantis and that that's what works for them another person's completely just talking about physics and gravitational pull and that's what works for them and i see that through astrology as well when we look at people's charts you understand they're on their path to god and that's not going to be the same and this is a something that haunts the western world is well you don't have the same belief than me there's no way you're going to the same place as me or you know there's like 20 different uh forms of christianity now or over you know over 50 for all i know but they all kind of are they think they're all different, but they're really not and so this is this multiplicity of how we view life has created kind of like chaos in a way um so but, it's
0: a great time if you're a chaos magician because you're probably thriving
1: well yes because you if you can easily decipher what's real from not you you sort of just transcend the rest
0: right, um, and that's the that's the uh into central nature of chaos magic you see the chaos around you and it's like all this energy that's available to you so you can just transmute it and transcend like you said and that's ultimately what all of these religions are teaching but they don't tell you that like hey you know that bad feeling that you have where you don't belong or you know you feel like you're better than your neighbor and that you're going to go to the good place and they're going to go to the bad place well how about you're all here right now together in the same place. So maybe we're all going to go to the same place. How about that?
1: Yeah. Um, but you can't and, really
0: tell certain people that, right? Because they're just well, going to say, no, That you're a sinner. Or um, that doesn't make any sense. Well,
1: where it gets tricky as an astrologer is when, you know, I see the combinations for what makes someone go towards being a teacher, maybe a college professor. And then I see the combination for what makes a banker or, you know, like a home loan officer. And then I see another placement that makes someone, uh, you know, an ascetic, or they they chose to basically go join an ashram and devote their life to Krishna or something. These are all things that tell us they're going on their path right they're they're following their dharma or they're following the artha and they're meant to you know and that space when we allow people to simply be themselves and if we could ever get to a an understanding that all of these different paths we've created it's not to for us to pick apart whose beliefs are wrong or whose beliefs are uh, lower than ours or higher than ours? It's about now breaking through this barrier that that haunts humanity, and it's that we are like, uh, you know, we're like Bugs Bunny cartoons freaking out on the screen because there's so much different things happening. You know, my neighbor might be a Buddhist, uh, and then I have a a devout jewish person across the street this is america folks and then the the other guy down the streets atheist who's listening to heavy metal this is america you know uh but why am i going off about this it's simply to show you in the occult yes it's an ocean and it's for you to to return back to the shore with whatever it is you're after. You have to come back to shore, shore with a pearl, but the pearl you pick up's not the same one I'm gonna pick up, right? Uh, I love how I you know I've I talk to great people that are you know creative people in their own fields. A lot of creative people get into this stuff because because of what they're looking for things to invoke further creativity you know they're looking for more to to supply them with you know the creative juice um and and every open-minded person is is going to look towards everything you know but everything's not for everybody
0: right i feel like the word that i got was like decriminalized because i feel like occult is like a crime that's like this unspoken crime like if you say you're into an into the occult arts or you've practiced a ritual or you love to follow the transits of the moon people still kind of look at you like you know that look it's the look of judgment and the look of fear and the look of like you know they're wondering about what you're going to say next if you say you're into the occult so it's kind of like this it's still like a word that has a lot of power but the here's the interesting thing a lot of the symbology that people love and that people are attracted to and a lot of the ways that people are influenced are through occult methods and the occult methods now there's a reason why there's a lot of secrecy in the occult because at first it was to preserve the teachings and as an initiate you this is my understanding anyways uh so i'll preface that but is as an initiate you were to maintain silence because there's the four tenets of magic right to will to dare to know and to keep silent so those are like the backbone of a lot of these magical societies or whatever and people shared the secret and the first person to do that really like on in a big way was Aleister Crowley and you know it's no secret that I love his work and I love his um pomp let's just say that he's very pompous but he's also very knowledgeable but he's also probably wasn't a very good person but he was an intellect so if we take him for what he did was he Opened the door for other people to learn about the occult and experience its power by disseminating the teachings to people And kind of being rock and roll about it. Like he was a rock and roll star of his era Like everywhere he went people knew who he was which and is
1: impressive for living in time where there's no internet, right? right and right. If you're known all over the world and you're not even you that's, that's You're a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. But uh,
0: yeah. So like what he did was open up the the world to the idea that the occult can be used in a method to improve your life. And he inspired a lot of the Western mystery tradition, a lot of Western artists and musicians and this is the untold history of america and europe and a lot of these other countries that were influenced by magic it's just been this secret that's been hidden so long and i think people are realizing you know through what we're experiencing with the media and like you know consciousness and just you know being around other people that all of this is being used by more people than you think
1: right and it's coming out and it's but it's just like, um, it's just like our ed- education education system too, right? Like, they're not teaching you everything. That I mean, granted, they don't have enough time to go into every possible avenue of life, right? With, in history books, but what about the counterculture of the sixties and seventies? You know,
0: like they decide what's important for you to know, and they right. shape your mind. So that in itself is. Well, when we talk about the occult, you know, we've spoken about how Saturn's this controlling force, right? And if you study astrology, you understand Saturn as a restrictive force, but it's also a force of uh, very magical uh, yogic knowledge, right? So you have these two sides of Saturn and people are always talking about like Saturn's like this evil father who ate his own children, but that's just one myth right that's just one story of saturn but why is saturn great because he inspires fear change restriction and he puts you through this spiritual journey
1: that's one thing about the western world and the occult i haven't understood is why see in, in indians i think in their culture saturn has a little bit more of a i think it's a personality you know, like, in the, like you're saying, they've de- depicted uh, Saturn as like so- an old man eating a child. That's like monstrous, right? Is uh, that Greek, I think? Or something. I think it's Greek. Yeah. And, and so that, you know, that doesn't necessarily give the best uh, connotation to when we study this stuff so that's where most Um, people
0: come from when they hear about like Saturn in their chart there's this fear but even in India there's a fear of Saturn but their fear is different because they're thinking like oh no where in my charts restricted what's going to be blocked off what's going to be delayed right that's what they think of when they think of Saturn but they also know the mythology of Saturn and the stories of Saturn if you haven't read it Robert Svoboda's greatness of Saturn in itself is all about the how there was like a uh, a like a symposium and you know, people had to present their ideas of the planets to see which one the best one was and who won. I'm not gonna give it away, but you have to read the book. But they presented what each graha meant in like its story and history. And through that people decided like the greatest of all was Saturn which I think is in itself this whole idea of telling the story of where things originate is key to people understanding where they come from, what this is about. People don't do the research anymore. They don't read. They have no attention span. They've been numbed out down to like two seconds, three seconds, and then they're just like, "Uh, what? I don't want to hear about that.
1: Well, I mean, another thing about – the occult is simply that it's just a lot of reading really you know uh, I was listening to a recent Jason Louvre who is a author of a few books on the occult right and his recent podcast he was saying one of the best things the occult did for me was it taught me how to teach myself that's what he said and he said that's something that the education system from his pedagogical standpoint they should be doing that but they don't you know the education system frames you it like it teaches you how to live in a box and go be a good person and work a job you know but that's a whole another thing to get into um, yeah
0: imagine if there was like uh, after school uh you know rituals for children where they taught kids like how to chant the mantra for the moon wouldn't that be something like yeah what if your kid was interested in that or what if your family is you know um from a certain country and they want to know their tradition well i think this interest now is going to change the system for how the future is going to be determined for like school children right where We've already had schools that are kind of special and unique that teach children in a different way, like, you know, Montessori school systems and these other schools that show kids that you can learn in a different way. It doesn't have to be this, um, you know, boxed in kind of thinking. And I think a lot of people that are into the occult now, they did use the occult to empower themselves. And. They are becoming teachers and showing other people how to use the occult um, as adults. Now, if we learn this as children, imagine where we would be at. You know, we would probably, I think, be in a more uh, uh, educated, uh, you know, we'd have an educated populace that was a little bit more enlightened and self-aware and accepting of their neighbors. Like, oh, this person has a... You know Saturn at Macarica, That's why they're a professor, or this person has a Venus at Macarica, That's why she owns a beauty salon, like s- things like that. People would just know it. So it's you know up to us to talk about it with each other and kind of remember how to do it and show other people how to see the occult in a positive way.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> I I only kind of foresee the occult being one of the innovative factors to to kind of like saving this this whole world in a way um and and like you said there's already been you know the occult exists in almost everything in our day-to-day lives that we don't realize um a lot of things are about how things how logos present a image onto our subconscious that we're not even aware of and this is an occult concept right these are things that actually do involve what the occult would teach you in in like a you know a traditional occult book right
0: yeah because Um, you know uh, the brain works in ways where it recognizes symbols and those symbols make an imprint on the brain and it sends a signal to them much like what yantras do right and mantras mantras use the vibration force so a mantra and the indian tradition would be like you know chanting uh, ri- you know in hebrew for a ritual it's the same idea you're vibrating these holy god names in hebrew when you're working in the western mystery tradition which a lot of people don't know that the language that people are using is hebrew and it's all the different names of god the 72 names of god the 22 names of god whatever the ritual calls for so you're invoking that god force you're invoking that what creative force right and through the rituals sometimes you use your body to do that so a lot of people don't realize that the symbols that are all over you know their uh favorite you know blog or like on you know, on the internet, somewhere. fast
1: fast food chain restaurants is the easy one to point out. Yeah, they use There's,
0: colors, right, and words, and like how things are set up. It's it's its own yantra, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, and you you wonder why the world's in such a kind of lowly place right now. Um, and I mean, it's if it, if you don't see that, you're not seeing the reality that is around you. Um, you should
0: revisit our time wave episode and you'll understand about the time wave we're in right now.
1: Well, there's, and, but more and more people are speaking up about it. That's the good news. You know, I'm, I've, I'm seeing, you know, people are quote unquote waking up um, and it's to the insanity that's going around. And a great way to simplify what's happening is not enough people in this world have followed their will. And when you don't follow your will, you eventually go to a place that um, you could say is beyond the point of no return.
0: Right, because you've suppressed your will or your intuition, right? Some people say it's your intuition, but it's the same force. The will is what gives you the will to live. The will to live. Like even listen to that sentence. People don't think about it when you say the will to live. You have to have the will to live because if you don't want to live, you're not going to live. That's the pranic force. That's also Saturn.
1: Right. So if you don't follow will, disease happens. You know, if you go against what your heart is telling you and you listen too much to your your mind, which is what's happening to people in this crazy like mentally stimulating world where we don't know how to, we don't know how to combat these things, you know, and this is the the downside to to what's happening is yes people are able to advance now in ways we've never been able to mentally but this requires almost like mental jujitsu. And that's what exists in spirituality. This is what exists in the occult. It exists in Hinduism, Buddhism. I would say some Christian esotericism has it figured out. Uh, I would say that, you know, we, we have to go further and deeper than what we're doing right now in today's world to, to really combat what's happening to people. People are, are dying left and right. People are having diseases that have never been, you know, thought were, would happen and it's happening, and it's all stemming from not knowing how to properly engage in these things. <laughs> COVID, <laughs> sorry. I mean, what I'm saying is that what's well, people what, are what people are doing their is not working. Yes, they're and
0: disconnected from their bodies and minds, and your and their hearts. Why? Because they're suppressing their will. Well, the first, I think, the first mistake most people make is they have a feeling. And then they judge the feeling and then they label the feeling and then the other part of that is they have the feeling and they've accepted it but then the next thing is fear what is my brother gonna think about this if or my mother or my father or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my teacher what are people gonna think of me if I say I feel this way So, there's a, uh, you know, it goes from judgment to fear to lack of honesty to compliance. And compliance to me is death. That's death. That is the death of your will when you comply. You have killed your will. You do not exist anymore and you have become something else.
1: And, And there's a gray area, though, with that. Because people know think, or at least think they know how to act, right? And so they'll comply. And and they'll still try to exist in this realm where they can be anything they want. And that's 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 a dangerous world to be in because at some point, thought, word, and your deed have to be in alignment. And if they're not there's room for air right but that's a whole you know
0: well because what happens is it's just like a slippery slope because first like maybe you'll do something every now and then but once you've labeled yourself or complied with whatever then you have to do that forever until the other party that you've complied with has decided that they've had enough well what if they never have enough then you have to keep up this front And then it goes from casual to, from like zero to 100, right? And you're doing it all the time. And you're slowly basically killing your will by being stuck in this. Like, I feel like that's samsara. That is a heavy samsara to be in. You put yourself into samsara.
1: And what is samsara?
0: Well, you get trapped on the wheel like a gerbil. (laughs) (laughs) right that's what i feel like when i think of samsara it's like
1: it's just repeating insanity you're
0: just running in a circle and you feel like you'll never get out and that's a terrible place to be now it doesn't mean that if you have done something that you're forever going to be a bad person no it just means that you snap yourself out of it or somebody snaps you out of it or you hear something that changes your mind and this is what redemption's all about, right? And I think this is a great thing that people need to they need to embrace more. Okay, so I did a bad thing. And I feel bad about it and I know it's bad, but I don't want to do it again. So, will you help me not do that again? Or you hire a therapist to help you not do that again and, and then you're you heal yourself. Whatever it takes, right? But you have to allow yourself the room for error and correct that error and not judge yourself or other people for that and i think taking a small step like that is something that we can all do that's very easy to do you just need to have at least one person to support you in that right and you can start again and you don't have to be trapped in that samsara and I think that's a a, a big, um, that's something I'd like to see manifest in 2022. People be less judgmental of their choices and just, you know, uh, accept where they're at. Like uh, a friend of mine and I were talking and uh, we were talking about radical acceptance. And I said, you know, that was a term coined by this woman who had to, Find a way to make herself kind of think about, like, okay, I have to accept this and be radical about it. Well, yeah, radical acceptance. I feel like that's something Terrence might talk about. And it sounds very hippie like, but in a sense, it's very very direct, right? It's to the point anyone can do it. You just accept what happened and move on. Don't hold that energy. Don't block it. Just let it be.
1: Well, there's. I play with this notion that um, it's like God's grace in a way, and it's coming down to like a meme at this point. And what I'm, what I mean is like when you, when you surrender and you, you are after something and you're not sure what, and you're, but you're seeking God, you're seeking healing, you're seeking relinquishing or redeeming yourself the way the mind works is it's going to try and come to a conclusion about something. And it, our minds are designed that way, right? Um, how, it's, it's however you want to put it. That's that's the conundrum that I, I think this, we kind of, to bring this back full circle, it's simply that whatever works is what works. You know, um, like I have a buddy who's, who's really, feeling like numerology is, is it and i i said that's that's awesome i love numerology you know i i love a lot of the different mystical arts right um but astrology is just my sector it's my language it's our language you know um but it doesn't mean it's the ultimate right but it's,
0: numerology is is also part of vedic astrology and also you know um, we use numbers in a way but in the West you know we're told it's like you know boring stuff like accounting but I think of like imagine an accountant's chart like they've probably got some good numbers going on you know like a, what kind of numbers would they have a lot of mercury would they have a lot of Mars you know it, it's uh, it's interesting how you know people find one path like yeah like they found the numerology and that got them in uh, to the occult right it's it's just like part of that ocean and once you start you know experimenting and you find the one that you like and you get the power from it
1: that's what works yeah i all pass lead to the same god that's that is the the message i i i want to put out there you know um i feel and like i could talk well, about the occult for hours <laughs> I, where I'm coming from is because I, I'm less into all like the Western occultism stuff. I'm, I'm more simply into astrology in general and it's considered occult. So you can say by, by book that I'm an occultist. Um, I it's not the first word I use. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I simply like to study the stars, you know, that's me. But, um, what the messages behind this too, is that, you know, when I first got into the stuff in my teens and then you, you go and float around the areas where people go that are into the stuff and you, I'll be honest, there's a lot of very liberal people that follow the stuff and I'm not judging. I'm simply saying there there's a unanchored energy to it. Right. Um, and there tends to be a lack of logic or a lack of, uh, pragmatism as Crowley would say, he's always, he was always talking about being pragmatic. Uh, And that's part of where people lose it (laughs) in the spiritual realm, in the ocean, uh, when they, they forget to take their air tanks with them when they go under the water, (laughs) they forget to bring oxygen with them. Uh, And so I'm just getting back to the point that Um, there is not a necessarily, there is in the sense of a subjective perspective, I believe a Holy grail, but it almost is a, it's personalistic and it, yes, it can be revelatory. It can be messianic. Um, but the point being, what is good for you may not be good for another. Um, but I, I say all this to simply, uh, try to comprehend the infinite, you know, um, uh, what I say about this is never enough and it's never fully true because I can never fully, uh, articulate upon what is eternal or, or what is infinite. You know, this is something that's unspeakable. It's indescribable. And that's what the occultist can yearn to do, which is comprehend God and comprehend God's purpose.
0: I forgot what we were talking about. I just keep hearing the word occult. Even that word itself, it's just, uh, it it takes you to a place. I feel like it's, it takes you to the your mind st- goes to the place where it understands that it's about to get into something really deep and very vast and that was part of my motivation for getting into the occult because I knew it would be a pursuit of a lifetime and that it would it would keep going and there would always be content there will always be Something that I haven't read because there's so much time that humans have had uh, occult practices that we can access now because of what when we live,
1: yeah. Um, and this may be totally different, but I find it interesting how i I believe we've not tapped into so many realms that would be mental, which only reflect within our own body intelligence um like when I think about a yogi in in you know ancient India, dude, they had to have had such an amazing body intelligence that they were just from like like Hanuman, you know, just an otherworldly bodily power and to me there's something to we we shouldn't get so obsessed with the you know the mental articulations because we don't even understand the body yet to its fullest extent
0: you know i will say this uh years of practicing iyengar yoga and reading some things written by uh prashant iyengar son of uh you know master bks he wrote all of these very, very complex essays on just Trikonasana. On one pose, he wrote how each movement and breath synced and moving from part one of Trikonasana to part two to part three, just the slow movement of setting yourself up into the pose, how it stimulated all these different meridians in the body. So this is knowledge that we have access to, but most people will never go there because it's so complex. But we do know this, and we do have this body intelligence. And
1: and if you know the occult, you know that part of studying occult is actually studying anatomy, which is a very profound... That's when things start to really get fun, I think. But yes, like... I. I think we should humble ourselves to these yogis because they were they're legit and they they make us look like infants and And this
0: is stuff that a lot of people did growing up in india uh this was their you know quote unquote fitness right so that is why you know the vedic tradition in my opinion is so complete because these traditions were passed down they were the limbs of the tree and you have what in western mystery tradition you have the same tree the tree of life and the limbs of the tree have all the sephiroth on them and exactly it's what are the all kind of relates planets yeah and you have like you look at the uh another one of my favorite people to study were the druids and what did they have odin's tree of life yggdrasil the tree he hung himself upside down on for nine days dang right and who else did that did you know that shukracharya hung upside down as well so and that's i'm learning about shukracharya and hopefully i'll write something about it um by venus retrograde's uh completion this year but The more I learn about Shukracharya, the more I see how he is really underrated. Um, People say Venus is he, by the way, in the pantheon of Vedic deities for people that don't know. So he's Lord Shukracharya. So he had all these occult powers and he got them as a boon from Shiva. Right? So he has the power to bring back the dead. And that's very a cult, when you think of like the scariest power or the coolest power that you could have, wouldn't it be to bring something back from the dead? Like, do you want that power? Maybe <laughs> not. I, I don't know if I'd want that power. But part of the story is that he got that power to help save a lot of the people that died during the Mahabharata War.
1: it's pretty amazing. And so- you
0: think about what's happening now. What are people trying to do? They're trying to learn how to heal themselves so i think there's this big venusian kind of uh you know future for us i've Mm. heard that from another podcaster that i love she says the future is venus mars is the past
1: yeah it it makes sense because this like this country was one in blood what i mean like this country america was literally One, because of war there's a battle and Um, there's still war going on slaughtering
0: of native americans and the stealing of their land which is very martian energy you think about that mars is all about blood and war and soldiers but it's also about the earth and the land and and mars is the son of boomy right
1: isn't this think of this now and i was thinking this earlier um now when we think of venus if we're going towards venus we're we're thinking about beauty, right? Cosmetics, aesthetic of things. Uh now get this. What what's been the biggest factor in changing this world? Technology, right? Who had Rahu and Venus conjunct? Who? Steve Jobs.
0: Oh yeah. And, and and well Venus is about also potions. Yeah. Elixirs. Well,
1: but just to, just to why I mentioned Steve Jobs and Rahu and Venus is because Rahu is actually considered a uh, magician. Right. And there's, there's many things and that the Rahu internet. is in internet. internet, but then we take that, ma- that magical Rahu. We're not talking about smoke and mirrors Rahu. Now we're talking about, you know, Rahu in a wizard hat. And then you put Venus to sprinkle on top the, the kazooistry that venus has you got a pretty interesting person as far as you know looking back i say that you know uh who would have thought yeah i'm gonna predict that this guy was gonna create a fucking iphone no <laughs> but
0: well yeah you think about the industries that are uh have embraced technology Venus doesn't necessarily just mean physical beauty right it's about pers- ideas of beauty so when you put Rahu next to it it's going to be like a warped reality version of beauty it's going to be a cyborg it's going to be a person that's got like one side of their face looking a certain way and maybe the other side has like a microchip eyeball or something that's <laughs> Rahu and Venus right yeah the strange well,
1: um now to to kind of get it back to what I kind of see as a reason that light the the light will always prevail, why the good will always prevail uh and it's a it's a concept that I'm not fully <laughs> uh, into yet, but we cannot exist our head cannot exist without a body, okay and for our bodies to hold such power over us it means that we can't be decapitated heads walking around you know we can't be like some weird dystopian society where uh everyone goes and worships like a a weird town hall center where there's these like weird old heads in glass cases and green goo you know there's The body is intended for us to explore the body is extended for us it's a it's for us to to use in our innovative progressive nature as
0: humans yeah it's complete it's a complete entity like when you said this like head and goo i instantly thought of krang From the Ninja Turtles, yeah, yeah. Because you think about Krang and what he's just this like, like goo, like disembodied goo, right? I
1: I said that because you know predictive programming. That stuff was has been on movies and stuff. So I I I say that in a a joking way, but it's it's possible. (laughs)
0: But but you think about it, and like I mean, they probably didn't have that in mind when they created Krang. But I think Krang is like a example of what you don't want to be you don't want to be in that goo like preserved liquid because then you'll feel like that like you'll be powerless and that that will be your bitterness will be due to your powerlessness and not having a body right
1: <laughs> it's it's and there again when you look at the tree of life saturn's up there towards the top right yeah but
0: yeah it's it's on the top you know the supernal triangle right
1: and so saturn's there for a reason you know it, but it don't take Saturn for the wrong reason, right? Like, it's it's there's a choice with Saturn, right? And, and Saturn,
0: it's a it's part of the tree of life where intelligence is. So Saturn has an intelligence, right? It doesn't just it doesn't just do things to be destructive. There's an intelligence and a wisdom to Saturn.
1: Yeah, it, it, you know, this is an interesting topic to, you know, we can elaborate on Saturn all night, Um, but it's worth considering how in the West, like in the Greeks world, they, they have a raunchy picture of a man eating babies like that's their saturn wow chronos is like that and then like in the east the the lighter version of saturn is just an actual yogi sitting there just like being a badass because he's he's like shiva right he's di- he's literally just uh you he's know meditating better, on yeah. the universe in a way that's indescribable he's going deep. I, I don't i don't understand why the polarizations from east and west have pretty much you know put us in the predicament we're in but yeah it's all saturn that's why we (laughs) use
0: astrology right to free ourselves from those perceptions and you know we can even get nerdy with a chart and think like oh this person has saturn here so that's why they feel this way even just about saturn
1: yeah um
0: they might not they might fear Saturn and that could be because of, you know, let's say they have a conjunction that is like a you know, with the moon, right? Maybe they have a, a lunar conjunction or an aspect from Saturn on their moon. That could be why they, they have this uh easily influenced by fear type of mind where their mind gets very impacted by these things. So that's how you use it in a way to help people, because you see that as an astrologer or as a student of astrology, you see that you have a very sensitive lunar position. You can understand that that's why you are the way you are.
1: Well, yes. And then, of course, working with an astrologer is how you find the remedy for that, right?
0: And the remedy can be anything. It it, it doesn't have to be like you have to spend thousands of dollars, right? You just figure out the solution.
1: Well, there's many ways to find a remedy. You know, this is part of the occult. You know, uh, any this is part of why the Indians have a very good grasp on reality. It's because of concepts or uh, teachings like Vastu, which is just the energetic currents that flow through your house. Um, because if your mind's cluttered, you're not dealing with things right in the right way. It's gonna reflect in your house, you know. You have a, a, I can guarantee. If I walk into a house that it just smells like junk, there's clutter everywhere, the the dishes are never getting done. I'm gonna guarantee you that the owner of that house, there's something up in his head that he hasn't sorted out. And so these, there's there's practical remedies through Vastu. Uh, There's other remedies that can can we can say are a bit more magical you know working with uh lunar transits working with candles working with meditative uh rituals these sort of things are how you sort of transcend the the mundane
0: yeah that's a good way to put it and i i think uh the evolution of astrology will accept that remedies don't have to just be, um, you know, part of the Vedic lineage. It can be something that is part of the culture of the person that is receiving the reading, and that's at least how I like to approach astrology with people that I work with. I honor their uh, tradition, and and I think it's very important for people to realize that that is a concept in Vedic astrology. Honoring the pitris, right? You're honoring the ancestors. So, you know, even start there with somebody, uh, tell them, you know, just honor your ancestors and your family. Uh, That can be a wonderful remedy for a person. uh, And that can also bring them prosperity and abundance through that spirit world, through that lineage, because maybe they were supposed to be the ones that were going to be the Steve Jobs of their family, right? Because... They were the ones that sought the advice and they were the ones that applied the, uh, you know, solutions to their life. And then they did the remedy. You know, uh, Steve Jobs, one of, I think, the reasons why he was so successful was because he went to see Neem Karoli Baba in his ashram. And, and, uh, you know, that was Ram Dass' guru. And... You you don't I think nobody having, talks about yeah, that. Yeah, people don't talk about that because they don't they don't dig. They just think he went to see some weird guy in India that like wore this like plaid blanket, which mm-hmm. is like what people think of Neem Curly Baba. But you know his his mantra was just one word, and it was Ram over and over again, yeah. right? Which is you know that's Pretty. your that's your that's your third chakra. That is a vibration of your third chakra. That's your will. So what do you think he did? He probably stimulated Steve Jobs's will and boom, that guy left came back and he had this successful business. He activated his, you know, prosperity.
1: Yeah. That I mean that's pretty it's amazing that, you know, he 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 went for it, right? And he was successful or at least we would think he was. Um I don't I don't know if he, you know, if you sat down with him on his last leg if he was happy with his life i don't know you know but certainly he would probably be pleased with how he you know gave something to the world um
0: he did his dharma and he he uh, put his idea out there and it turned out to be a wild success i mean that doesn't happen for everybody but i think he in the sense by completing his um duties here he was able to uh, achieve you know dharma artha kama and moksha
1: yeah and the the dualistic nature of life is why th- why there's dualism in occult um it has to reflect a nature you know and whatever motives people go into these things you know uh perhaps you're seeking riches you know perhaps you seek fame and plenty of people have done these things and they go to that extent to figure it, it out through the occult but the dualism tells me that what you want sometimes ain't always what's best for you right uh and that's a lesson that you know holds values you know beyond your current perception right uh what do you mean i'm not supposed to be rich you know well when you find out that when you tried to get rich and it put you through a whole world of karma 20 years down the road you look back and you're like damn all because i did that one ritual (laughs) no but there's this what i'm saying is you can't have good without bad. You can't have the bad without the good. You know, it's all encompassing and it takes, it takes, it takes other people around you to, to understand this stuff Uh, because karma works in mysterious ways. You know, Um, the God, the mystery of life, Is not something we're gonna crack nobody has
0: the answer to that I think we can all agree on that nobody knows the answer we can only guess what we're in for but it doesn't mean that you have to have a fear of that it just means that we all come to a consensus that we don't know how we got here and we don't know where we're going but while we're here We're going to have the best experience that we can. And we're going to accept that the experience isn't always going to be beautiful. There's going to be some ugly times. There's going to be some sad times. But that is the part of, you know, our reality that we have to accept everything. Accept everything, but don't let it uh, weigh you down
1: right because as a you know a practitioner of mysticism it's simply that just as quickly as it comes it'll go just as quickly as well uh so we thank you for this special occult episode remember that all paths lead to the same the one god